Microphones across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Well, hello. Here we are at StrikePoint, the show that connects the internet marketing world, except tonight. Uh, connecting has been one of those challenges because Mikkel de Mib Svensson, your normal host, is uh, stuck on one of those Icelandic volcanoes, and maybe it's the ash or whatever, but he's not able to connect to his internet connection. And uh, we have another uh, team member in uh, Iceland with Christian, Christian Marhoxen who uh, happens to be able to get a connection. So a bit like the uh, when the school teacher is away and the children get to play, Mikkel's away, <laughs> watching, watching probably worrying about what we're doing, but uh, he's left the, uh, the house to uh, Christian and I to play with for this evening. So uh, welcome, Christian. Yeah, welcome, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some fairly big topics to talk about tonight anyway and um, as it happens what well, one of the big topics relates to something that's going on in the UK uh, which yeah. actually connects with uh, so we talked about Alta Vista a lot last week when we had the very first uh, edition of Strike Point back again on the airwaves and one of the things we said at the time was that uh, what might threaten Google as a global provider, was um, regulation and the lawyers and uh, the, the politicians catching up with the big monolithic search engines. And just this week, uh, we've had a big story in the UK where the uh, Prime Minister, David Cameron, has decided that every home will have a porn filter and you shall not listen to porn or you will have your fingers wrapped by the British government. Christian, what yeah. do you think of that? Well, firstly... <clears throat> Uh, there's a royal baby. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, so the uh, the king and queen of of uh, of uh, uh, the, the, the king and queen of UK to be have just had a boy. Well, wow. Yes. Not that it impacts me in any way, but I I, I was reading through the articles uh, that you posted on on our Facebook uh, uh, profile and. and uh, Facebook page and, and, and that just popped up while I was reading it. So they're really keen on bringing that forward. Yeah. Well, the Queen so, yeah, will be so pleased. I, yeah, I hope, so, hope so. I'm not, I've, I've actually uh, asked for a champagne bottle to be popped open here in my, in well, my the, family house. The, the Queen was very worried because she was anxious to get off to a Balmoral holiday and needed the baby oh. to be born th this week. <laughs> so uh, she'll be delighted. Before eight o'clock. <laughs> That's it. Uh, no, no, it's good to be the queen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> censorship, fortunately, in the UK is not controlled by the queen or by the royal family. It's controlled by the government. Oh. And uh, they uh, obviously have uh, concern for people in homes. Um, David Cameron's used the words corroding childhood. And he's worried about children who are able to access all of these, these nasty images uh, that you get online, and uh, both you and I, Christian, are family, are family people, aren't we? As is Mikkel. So uh, I think we can understand the concern about uh, mm -hmm. children being able to get online and being able to download all sorts of things. Well, I have to say, one of the issues in our family is games. <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, so, do we think that the censorship steps that uh, the politicians are trying to bring forwards? Are going to work with the internet, or is that likely to be something? You know, it, does it have a future? What do you think? Well, well actually, we are family men, and uh, I, I have always tried to put responsibility uh, on me and my wife to make sure that we monitor what's happening. So, for example, uh, my kids—they—they—they they, they are not allowed to use Facebook or Google without us having access to all of their accounts and, 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 and understanding what they do online. And we explain to them the difference between stuff and the things might happen that they don't want to experience and so on. And, and so far, so good. 
And I think that this is all fine and good, but uh, in, in actuality, I doubt that this is uh, possible. I understand the thinking about it, and I realize that, that, that we do want to do everything that we want to do to protect our kids and, and protect the people from this uh, from these uh, uh, strange people that uh, are, are, are online uh, consuming porn. But then again, having seen how the internet work, works in, in, in countries where the internet is actually close to being banned, people find a way around it. And uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I doubt that this is, this is enforceable, but I, I really understand where he's going with this. Yeah, I mean, uh, from from a politician's point of view, I guess that um, he's going for it because there are potential votes and there are people that are concerned and therefore think, well, if he's a good man and he's going to look after us, then perhaps we should vote for him. But I think yeah. that the, the issue, it seems to me, hasn't been really thought through um, because, first of all, he's what he's saying is that the technology companies, the internet companies such as Google – um, and others will actually be responsible for uh, creating these blocks, these blocks that are going to stop people accessing the, 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 uh, the, the, these images that, uh, that he's concerned that people shouldn't get to. But then, for mm. instance, he's actually said that he's not sure whether uh, images are something that would be, you know, which images would be controlled this way and what technology would be used. And the technology developments would be left to the technology companies themselves. So, uh, and then there's also the question of text, you know, erotic novels. And he expressly said that Fifty Shades of Grey would not be blocked by one of these porn filters, for instance. So, uh, you know, the, the question is, how is it really going to work? Because if, if, if he's saying uh, we need to have a, an opt-in uh, filter so that if you want to watch porn from your house, you actually actually have to go and opt into it. But he's handing the decision making and the technology or rather, he's, he's allowing the technology to deliver what's possible. And therefore, what the technology companies can deliver is what will actually be the, the, the policing of the Internet. It all seems a bit vague and hairy-fairy. Hairy just, I'm just not sure how it's going to work. Uh, and, and there's a different aspect to it also, Andy, because I don't know if you read the book by a guy called uh, Eli Parise. He wrote a book called The Filter Bubble. And the filter bubble actually talks about this, where technology starts is used to filter the content that we are able to see. Right. And this is this is already in place. I mean, Google is filtering stuff towards us based upon how we behave. Facebook is filtering stuff based upon based upon how we behave, and so on and so on. And but this is all done by bots. This is all done by uh, by um, um, algorithms that are trying to uh, make sure that we have the most and the best experience based upon what we are consuming. And if we have thoughts uh, that are controlling what we see, whether that is porn or whatever, uh, then uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that, that, that there must be a, another way around this. I don't have a solution, but I, I absolutely understand where it's going with it. Well, yeah, yeah, I think we can understand the, where the, the start point is. It's just the practicalities of it. But I mean, one experience I had was a few years ago, and it is a few years ago, I was creating a Twitter account. Um, and I was trying to, I was, I was actually delivering training on Twitter, and I was trying to demonstrate how Twitter worked. And so I wanted to upload an, or create an account on Twitter that was called, it was actually called More Moncton Eggs. Uh, because I happen to live near a farm that delivers eggs. And I wanted to put a picture of an egg as the, the, the biographic image for the, for the account. And Twitter wouldn't let me do that. And they, their uh, bot, if you like, uh, was recognizing flesh tones in the, in the egg that I was trying to um, upload. It was just a straightforward chicken's egg. <laughs> there was nothing special about it. It was just an egg. But no, Twitter wouldn't let that happen. And you can see how sort of color shadings and um, skin tones like that could be used to to block things. But it's a bit indiscriminate because this was an egg. <laughs> it was not skin. So well, uh, I, I think that's one of the issues with the, with the technology. And one of the things yeah, I, that... Uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Christian. So there's another aspect to it again. So there's, I would, there's, there's a layer upon layer of, of controlling what people see. And, and, and here, it's a, I know that politicians and, 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 and others are urging 
uh, are really wanting to, the eating, there was so much to have the Finkus in this. Because the internet is, is doing stuff with, with this, uh, which is giving people access to information uh, uh, without barriers, so to speak. Yeah. And, and uh, being on the board of directors for Sempo, for example, uh, I've had to meet with uh, uh, search engines like Google and, and, and uh, uh, people from the IAB and, 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 and uh, government officials in the US and so on, where they've been uh, putting out legislations or ideas behind legislations, controlling what people see, controlling uh, 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 the collection of data and all that. And, and in most cases, or actually all cases, as I can remember, it's been very poorly thought through. Somebody throws something out there, uh, mostly for if it is a politician, they throw it out there for, uh, for as you mentioned earlier, on the for, for the vote. But in the end, they haven't thought about it, and, and it seems to me that that uh, this uh, I would think that the self governance of of uh, of the internet is probably gonna fade out, and there will be some rules and, and legislations that need to be put in place. But I, I think that the, 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 those who are putting this, the ideas behind those legislations and the rules, they are not thinking it through. They're not talking to the industry. They're not, they're not, they're not bringing in the people who should, they should be bringing to the table so actually that something can happen. Yeah. Well, David Cameron's already been criticized and uh, accused of there being problems down the line because um, there was, uh, there were, there were, groups that are sort of anti-censorship have been pointing out that sites about sexual health and sexuality, which obviously have a purpose, could in inadvertently get caught up in the ban. And you know that in the UK, we have this newspaper called The Sun that has a, a naked woman on page three. And it's, you know, page three has become a brand and a domain and all sorts. And uh, David Cameron expressly said that that would not be caught by these that would not be classed as pornography in this opt-in filter that families would have which uh, i think many people would find slightly odd <laughs> you know where, where that that's drawing the line between what's pornography and what you know how much pornography what degree of pornography you're allowed to see so uh, yeah. i think i think the censorship aspect is very difficult to control and i think the issue for for all internet uh, uh city netizens let's call them is that um what do you do when there are politicians taking control of the internet and taking control of access to information? I mean, obviously, the, the, uh, one of the classic cases is the, the China, which is a, an issue that we, we know well. We know Google uh, withdrew from China, and one of the reasons that uh, Google gave at the time was uh, you know, issues with uh, Chinese censorship and not wanting to comply with censorship. But then when you actually go to China, you get slightly different reaction and attitude from people there about censorship because of course this one of the things about chinese censorship is that it's already dealing with pornography whether it's successful or not is a different question but it is one of the things that's covered by it so uh you know censorship in in china already does this to some extent i'm, I'm not by the way defending uh, chinese censorship what i'm saying is that uh, you know where do you draw the line on censorship per se because it's if you're giving control to a group of people um, to decide what people see, the, the, the risks of that are, are for society are very great. Of course, the other side of the coin is if governments don't decide, then who does? Presumably, that means that the search engines do. So maybe as a, as a society, we also have to ask the question, should it be decided by politicians who we elect? Or is it decided by the technologists who are running the companies that deliver information to us? Christian, what do you think? I mean, this, this in the end then all leads to uh, uh, the Terminator movies are actually based upon uh, a two, two uh, things happening in the, in the future. So that we will all be uh, uh, governed by robots and, and algorithms and, uh, and uh, the Earth is about to be... Uh, consumed by robots that have taken over. I don't know, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy, it's crazy, Andy, I'm telling you, I think there, there are a couple of questions. I, I've often talked about the internet, I've often talked about internet marketing, 
in 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 junction with uh, 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 with Gutenberg, so the guy who invented print, and and I I often say that that those who are in the field of internet marketing right now are all minister Gutenberg. We all like investing this industry that we are in, and we are influencing the industry by having talk shows like this, by publishing books, running uh, blogs like the bookbilingualsearch.com blog, and and all, and all this stuff is a past with many Gutenberg influencing things. But in the end, I believe that all this will lead to some kind of a, a, a I don't know, end point. And I, I yeah. don't think that, uh, that, that the Cameron is on the right way there. Yeah. Okay, Christian. So it's time for us to go and take a break and uh, listen from the, the, the sponsors because they have some interesting things to tell us. And we'll be Ooh. right back in a couple of minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> if you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report, your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. From Capitol Hill to the White House, the Courthouse to the State House, the FTC to the State Attorney General, the Cyber Law and Business Report, on demand anytime inside the... Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year. SES San Francisco 2013, September 10th through the 13th. Learn more at sesconference.com. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. Add over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the ClickZ Academy and WebmasterRadio.fm Search Bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2013, September 10th through the 13th. Register for SES San Francisco 2013 by clicking on the banner ads from the WebmasterRadio.fm website or go now to SESConference.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. Now, back to Strike Point, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host... Hello, this is Andy Atkins Kruger, actually standing in for Mikkel de Bib Svensson, who is uh, somewhere uh, in Iceland without a reasonable internet connection, and uh, his two co-hosts uh, has he's have been left in charge of the China. So with me is Christian Marhoxen, and we were talking about censorship and regulation. Christian, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Cool. I okay, Mikkel is. Uh, uh, Somewhere in the Highlands, grilling grilling lamb. <laughs> okay, so uh, I've no doubt that he will be uh, uh, like a, a schoolmaster. He'll be checking into our homework whilst he's been away, and we'll be getting marks. So that's that'll be something to look forward to. So we were talking about um, censorship, and uh, one of the interesting things that Google does is its transparency report, where they show requests that they've had for uh, uh, removals of of information or changing information. And um, it's one of the things they try to, that Google tries to show how much they have to comply 
with legal requests that are made by governments. Uh, mm -hmm. I was amused, actually, to find that one of the requests uh, made recently was from the uh, Danish authorities, so Mikkel will be proud of that, and it was for the, some uh, remarks that had been made about a, an ambassador um, that were not particularly appreciated, and Google decided that because there was no legal basis for the removal request, they ignored it, <laughs> and they left the content in, to, in the search engine. So um, it doesn't always go the way that um, the, the request, the requestor um, actually would like it to go. One of the things they also do is they publish this table um, of countries. And one of the countries that's always popped up at uh, the top of this list has always been, for, for some time, has actually been Brazil. Um, obviously, bearing in mind that uh, Google is not really present in China, so it doesn't get too many. <laughs> well, it's in, it's in Hong Kong, uh, but uh, that's outside of the Chinese government's uh, censorship controls or outside the Chinese firewall. So they don't get too many requests from China. And, uh, but the top one is uh, Brazil. And, and from July to December of tw 2012, Brazil made 640 requests. Google complied with 21% of them. So that's a fifth of all of the requests that came in. But guess where was next in the list? Where would you expect to be the second most demanding nation that wants information removed from the search engines. Well, it's none other than the United States, which is yeah. a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, well, um, that might be also because of the size of the country. I mean, uh, 300 plus million or 250 million yes, people. It, yes, it might, be, it might be to do with the size of the country, but it makes you wonder how many requests have gone into Google about the um, Ed, Edward Snowden and his uh, revelations about the NSA and the Internet and all those kind of controls. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think we want to spend too much longer on the censorship issue, but uh, the, the UK, I, I notice, comes in seventh place after Germany, Turkey, Argentina, and India. Well, what I like so, about the graph is that, 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 that they, they read the, Google received a court order signed by a judge that ordered Google to remove two blog posts of one of which was, uh, a, was critical of a judge that signed the order. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Send Google removal request. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And, and there, there are quite a lot of countries on the list that have not made any uh, removal requests at all. So you've got places like Azerbaijan and Bangladesh, Bangladesh and China and Dominican Republic and various other places. So, but nonetheless, uh, what, what Google does help us with is they they make it um, uh, you know obvious which nations are asking them to. Uh, sensor and control things, but the other issue is that Google is, is making the decision whether to comply or not. So, uh, I mean, there are some instances like the handling of uh, the Holocaust in Germany, for instance, which are particularly yeah. sensitive issues. And um, typically what Google does with those, uh, is, it's the revisionismus, as they call it, which is um, claiming that the Holocaust never really happened. is something that is actually legal to claim in Germany, so Google removes it from Google.de, but it's still present typically in Google.com. So yeah. that doesn't really restrict it very much, seeing as Google.com is available pretty much anywhere around the world. Mm -hmm. Anyway, shall we move on to uh, more of an SEO topic? Um, yeah, but this is, this is a part of this overall SEO. Before we move on, Andy, because I know you're a, you're a collector of strings, uh, search results around around the world because I know you travel a lot and, 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 and you sit down and you Google stuff at your location and try to see what comes up. And and uh, I, I know based upon the stories that you just talked about because of Germany that that, that uh, none of this surprises you. No, nothing nothing surprises me. But um, actually, you don't need to be in Germany to see the effects. If you go to uh, Google.de and you search for, uh, and I think it's anti, it's a German term, anti-revisionismus, um, you will find that there's a little link at the bottom that says three or five something links have been removed um, from, from this set of results. And that's when you can see censorship, um, uh, well, complying, compliance really, compliance with legal requirements actually taking place. But you can do yeah. that from 
from outside of Germany. You don't need to be there to see it. But equally, if you're in Germany, you can go to go to Google.com and you can get to the same content. So, um, but Google.com is classed as not being in Germany, <laughs> which, you know, they both come from uh, the same data centers, but uh, there you go. Shall we talk about duplication, Christian? Yeah. Because there's, yeah, there's yeah. a story out today about duplicate content will not hurt you uh, unless it's spammy, of course. And this is from the uh, veritable Matt Cutts. What do we think, Christian? Do we believe that? Do we comply with that? Um, I I don't don't know if you remember, but there was a, a guy that worked with Matt on Matt's team called Adam Lasnik. Yes. Okay, so we actually talked about this in length a couple of times, and he echoed what Matt is saying, but in reality, uh, uh, I can say based upon experience that. If you fix duplicate content, that in all cases that I know of leads to a rise in organic traffic. Yeah. So I don't know what what the don't hurt you won't hurt you means actually, and what is the definition of a duplicate content. But every website that I have worked on, based upon duplicate content issues, and yeah. that have been fixed, has seen uh, a rise in organic traffic. Well, but I think we should. Enough, it also has shown a rise, in many cases, a rise in conversion, which is another part of this. Yeah. I mean, I think we should recap what the story is in, the, in that what um, Matt is saying is that there is a, uh, there's, there's nothing to worry about as far as duplication is concerned, unless it's spammy. Because um, if, there is, uh, if there's duplicate content, Google will handle it, Google will deal with it unless you were doing something that you shouldn't be doing with it, like stuffing it with keywords and putting weird links in it and odd redirects and all those kind of things, um, and using that duplicate content to try and achieve some goal. Um, and if you're not doing all of that, then duplicate content is perfectly fine, according to the, the stories that uh, are coming out from Matt. I think yeah. probably where this comes from is that um, the... It's always been the case that duplicate content is not uh, does not result in a penalty as such. The consequences of uh, having duplicate content are uh, that perhaps the right content is not showing in the right places. So uh, you might not you might be showing the wrong pricing information, or you might be showing the wrong features of a particular product to the wrong yeah. audience because Google's picked the wrong version of the content. So that's one particular issue that isn't to do with Google penalizing you. It's just that you're leaving Google to take a guess at, at which version of the duplicate content you wish to display. Because, of course, we do need to bear in mind that duplicate does not mean 100% the same. Duplicate no. means that there is a high percentage of, of content uh, that, um, that it, you know, is, is causing it to be treated as, as duplicate. So, um, so... I think that what Matt's trying to say is that there's no penalty from duplicate content, so therefore it's not something you should be worrying about unless you're misusing it. Mm. However, you and I would say, I think, wouldn't we, that uh, it's still not a good idea to leave the decision to Google and to allow lots of strange things to happen to your site because the duplicate content is there. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Should we, the, 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 the soundtrack or the video is just over one minute. Should we get the tech guy to play for us so we could just hear, hear it in, uh, in uh, Matka's own words? We, we can try that, yes. <laughs> Are you there? Can you, can you play the video so we can hear what, 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 Matt, what the great Matka is saying? This reminds me, did you see the, uh, uh, the video with... Uh, uh, Let's go. Are you there? So let's uh, see what happens. But do you, do you, did you see the video with Matt Cutts and uh, what's his name, Forrester from Bing? Uh, Dwayne. Were, uh, it was a really nice. I, I like that video. It was it, it was a stand up. Had a stand up feel to it, but they were talking about different aspects. And and one of the things we should touch upon was, was this actually duplicate content, but. But, uh, yeah, so man, probably not, we can't play it. Yeah. Uh, do you move on? 
So I think the the other thing to worry about with duplicate content, which maybe you ought to just mention, is that Google does have some sort of limit to the amount of pages they crawl that are duplicate, don't they? If you've got many thousands of duplicate pages, they're not going to crawl them all, which uh, is means that you may run the risk of losing something that was important somewhere along the line. Are you I mean, allowing I, Google to choose? Yeah, you're allowing Google to choose, and I think that, uh, you know, the, yes, good duplicate content as such is not a penalty because if you've got two, two sets of content that are identical um, and there's no issue to you as a webmaster whether version A or version B shows to a searcher, then, yes, that's not going to be an issue. But if it matters, then that's, that's where the, the, the issue of control becomes a problem. One of the I things that... Find, I yeah, actually go find ahead. this uh, kind of strange because every time I hear Mark speak and anybody who's from Google talking about this, they always uh, try to tell people, take care of duplicate content issues, take care of site speed issues. But now it's like saying, ah, duplicate content is fine. He doesn't explain it fully. So it's like, leaves a little bit of room for a, a misunderstanding. I, I think best practice should be just let's Let's make sure that, that, that the site is functioning and it doesn't have duplicate content. Yeah. Well, of course, there's different types of uh, du duplicate uh, content, of course, um, which is that, you know, there's duplicate content that's fully contained on your site. There's duplicate content you've created because you've syndicated it and you've issued it out to others. And actually, you want your version to be recognized as the original. And then there's duplicate content that is just the same copy of content that many people have access to. And you want to promote yourself with that content, but other people are also using it. That, for instance, is something that um, I've experienced in the travel industry where hotels, for instance, will issue descriptions of the hotel to many different travel sites. And so many different travel sites have the same sort of content appearing on it. So I think, you know, wrapping up on the duplicate content for now, um, we, I think we're, what we're saying is it is something that you need to take care of, but perhaps not something that triggers a penalty. And with that, uh, we're going to take a break. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Are your online campaigns getting more clicks than conversions? Then you need to sign up for Conversion Conference East 2013, happening September 30th through October 2nd in Boston. If you want to start increasing revenue and stop wasting money, you ought to be at Conversion Conference East 2013. Discover why Conversion Conference was selected as one of 2013's must-attend conferences by under 30 CEO and why over 900 leading companies send their marketing teams, web designers, and executives. What's more, webmasterradio.fm listeners get a 10% discount on their pass. Simply register online at conversionconference.com with promo code WMFM or click through the Conversion Conference banners on the webmasterradio.fm website. Wouldn't it be nice to invest less and convert more? See you at Conversion Conference East 2013 in Boston, September 30th through October 2nd. Sign up with promo code WMFM them for 10% off registration right now at conversionconference.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. On demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Today's question comes from New York. Jason asks, how does duplicate content that's legally required, for example, terms and conditions across multiple offers, affect performance in search? And, uh, and there was a follow-up comment to that where someone said, particularly for people in the financial services industry or pharma, you know, we want to know the answer to this. The answer is, I wouldn't stress about this. Unless the content that you have that's duplicated is spammy or keyword stuffing or something like that, you know, then we might be uh, an algorithm or a person might take action on it. But if it's, uh, you know, legal boilerplate that is sort of required to be there, uh, we might at most not want to count that, but it's, it's probably not going to cause you a big issue. Uh, we do understand that lots of different places across the web do need to have various disclaimers, legal information, terms and conditions, that sort of stuff. And so it's, it's the sort of thing where if we were to not rank that stuff well, then that would probably hurt our overall search quality. So I wouldn't stress out about that. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's so Matt himself. Yeah, that was the, the great Matt Cutts. So just to recap where we're at, we're talking about duplicate content and uh, the, the issue that um, Matt Cutts has apparently said, as we've just been hearing, that uh, duplicate content won't hurt your site. Now, uh, actually, when you listen to the question and what he said, it does give a rather different spin on the on the whole topic. Do you not think? Christian? Again? I, I say that uh, when you actually hear the question that Matt was addressing, um, it seemed to me that it was a bit more specifically to do with terms and conditions and financial re uh, legal requirements for websites rather than a general comment about duplicate content. So, uh, so the, 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 for me, actually, the, the uh, question and the answer uh, would not have helped me very much looking at, as you were explaining, with the travel website, which is a much bigger issue as a sample, and the ownership of content and all that. So there, I think duplicate content is a much, much bigger issue than terms and conditions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's saying that if you ha if you're forced to duplicate content across many sites, and it has to be there, that it's not going to harm your site because the duplicate content is there. It doesn't mean to say they're necessarily going to rank it for much, but then how often do you need your terms and conditions to rank it in the, you know, in, in for important keywords? Probably not yeah. too often. Um, but I, I think I think it, uh, it it leaves us where we exactly what my understanding of duplicate content has not changed based on what. Matt has just said there, it's still um, an issue. And if you look at it from a search engine perspective, then uh, duplicate content is one of the biggest issues they face because the web is so vast and so much of it becomes duplicated for various reasons, whether it's lots of funny parameters, uh, giving access to the same content or whether it's lots of versions of the same material being distributed or syndicated. It's a big issue as a search engine. So it's yeah. never going to go away. It's always going to be something that they have to deal with somehow. So um, as webmasters, um, I don't think there's any doubt we have to handle it. We have to manage it. I, 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 personally, I personally think that after... Um, sorry, Andy, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So you are, yeah. you're spot on. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> shall we move on to a slightly different topic? In fact, it's a topic yeah. in a world that... Um, is uh, on the other side of the state and church. In, in other words, it's on the commercial paid side rather than the, the SEO stuff that we talk about uh, mostly. But I think uh, it's worth mentioning because it's a, a relatively big development, and that's the enhanced campaigns that's been uh, uh, talked about now for many months 
um, and Google's new approach to um, enhancing their uh, Google AdWords. I mean, what does this mean for people? Have you got any thoughts, Christian? Uh, well, my thoughts are that uh, what we are seeing and the impact of using enhanced campaigns or, or enhancing your campaigns is actually some dramatic uh, uh, impact uh, when we've tried it out and te been testing it. Only on that, I, I must admit that, that, that uh, this is something which I have not dived into in, 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 in massive right. steps. Yeah. I think that's I one of that the based upon what the team has been talking about and the guys around me and people that I know have been using implementing this. This is, this is uh, one of the most dramatic changes uh, on the way that pay per click is being used since the, big, yeah. since the beginning of pay per click. Yeah. I mean, yes, I mean, my, my uh, background and, and understanding of enhanced campaigns is that um, it seems to me that it's the enhanced is, a, is an odd word. <laughs> um, Whilst, yes, there are sort of more sophisticated tools in there, I think one of the main things that's going on here is a very different treatment to the way that you pay for your mobile advertising. And, um, you know, I think it's if you follow Google's performance with Wall Street and the city, one of the things that's been talked about for several quarters now is the fact that um, Google's performance on a, uh, the number of clicks and the uh, cost per click uh, have not been going in the right directions. The number of clicks have been uh, gaining and growing, uh, but actually the value of each click has been declining. Um, and that's that's been something that's been holding back. Or it's it's less less the case this year, but certainly during last year, it was something that uh, financiers and investors and stockholders were all getting quite uptight about. And there were discussions about the fact that that. These people who work in the city don't really understand how, you know, how the technology works and they don't understand the difference between click-through rate and, uh, you know, the, the cost per click. Um, but the reality is that there was there were some big, big issues there. And one of the things that Google was saying on those calls was, hey, don't worry, guys, because, you know, we're bringing out enhanced campaigns soon. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to help our performance. So I think Google is, a, is about due to... Um, talk about its latest quarter um maybe even this week and um that might be a time when we find out how this enhanced campaigns is going because obviously the the uh campaigns have been introduced for some time and people have had the option to migrate for many weeks and months but we're now at, we're now at deadline time so now you, you you've lost the option <laughs> to do it yourself um it's it's going to happen whether you do it or not but Maybe not necessarily immediately after the deadline. I think the deadline was technically today. Um, but I don't think campaigns are all going to roll over into enhance straight away. So, go ahead. Yeah, so I think that, that personally, uh, so I, I, I read through this. Uh, so they, they, the share, share prices went down on Google and actually Facebook also. But uh, uh, it, 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 it is clear to me, both being a marketeer and being on the other side of the table and then working with companies who are on the, the other side to me and then Google somewhere in the middle, that none of these guys are cracking mobile properly. So that, uh, they, we know that around 40% of, of, of daily media interactions happens over mobile devices, but none of these big guys like Google, Facebook, and all these guys, they, they, they're not, they, they don't seem to be able to crack uh, uh, mobile uh, and actually make any uh, able to what you call it qualify it or or or, or uh, 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 make some money out of it. There's some discussion between uh, uh, the, the these giants and and then the technology mobile technology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm very interested in uh, what um, Yahoo is actually up to because. Um, you know, if you look at uh, the changes that have been going on with you since Marissa Mayer took over as the CEO, um, the, the performance of the, of the stock has been improving in general. Um, mm -hmm. What they've actually been doing largely has been relatively small acquisitions. You know, you had Sumley was, was the 
the, the Brady guy from London who had this summarizing app. But apart from one or two of the acquisitions that they've made, the vast majority of them have been related to mobile. And um, in her recent um, discussions with, the, again, Wall Street and the stock market, Marissa Mayer was, was clearly saying that she sees mobile as Yahoo's future. And that the impression I got from that was not that she was saying like everyone else, you know, mobile is the future and we've got to get our act together. She was pretty much saying Yahoo is going to be mobile first. We're going to do mobile really well. Um, and, and maybe that's where she, you know, she's almost, I suppose, agreeing what, with what you're saying, Christian, in that uh, the, the big companies, Facebook, for instance, has been criticized for its performance on mobile. And maybe she sees this little niche, uh, well, the big niche, actually, where she can take Yahoo along and turn it into a, uh, a, a mega technology company again and uh, dominate the world simply because they crack mobile and they really understand mobile and they, yeah, yeah. they've got mobile in their DNA, which is an, an interesting strategy. There, so, uh, that might be their way in again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what do you think about uh, mobile in general? Is this something that you're worrying about a lot with your clients, uh, Christian? Um. In reality, 80% no. Right. Uh, 20% uh, yes. And those are companies that either have some niches that, that seem to indicate that mobile is strong, like uh, location based searches, yeah. uh, like, like uh, 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 florists or, 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 or uh, emergency block smiths. And uh, uh, as a sample, but uh, but then uh, also on top of that, uh, travel companies that are trying to gain um, online real estate through different kinds of consumption of of, of the services. So yeah. in reality, I mean, there are definitely companies that, that and everybody talks about it. What are we doing for mobile? And then they are going to redesigning their websites and having responsive design and mobile design and then. Uh, and and trying to find their way in all of this, uh, but in reality, 80% uh, are not doing anything about it in real. But I know that most of them will be jumping on that work work on sooner mm. or later. So that's the short answer. Yeah, well, I, I was in a conversation today where the, the the customer was saying, but we're seeing tiny tiny traffic from mobile. And, and therefore, you know, we, we can't place uh, too much importance on it. But that's kind of worrying in a way because, you know, th the question is, are you only seeing a tiny amount of traffic from mobile because you don't yeah. get mobile and you haven't sorted mobile and you've not got your apps um, set up and you're not promoting your apps? Is, is that the reason that you don't really see so much uh, mobile activity? I mean, that, I think that um, it, to some extent I agree with you that, the mobile uh, role in what we do um, hasn't shifted as much as it, you, you might expect it to, to have done when you listen to everything that's said about mobile. But that worries me, you know, because it makes me think that uh, somebody else is, do, is doing it and we need to get on the bandwagon and sort something out. I mean, we, we already dabble in apps and uh, sort of do app localization and promotion and those kind of things. But you know, it's it's really because we're trying to get our heads around where these apps, where the, where the mo where mobile is going to take us. But I was watch I was watching a group of people at, um, you know, you take your kids to the swimming pool, and I was at the swimming pool, and um, there's a like a spectator gallery where everybody sits and watches their children having their swimming lessons, and I'm criticised for sitting by my family for sitting there with my iPad and not watching my children swim. So I had a look around. And I noticed that every single parent that was sitting there watching their children was actually uh, playing around with either an iPad or a mobile <laughs> whilst they were waiting for their children. So you think about how uh, prevalent mobiles are and how we take them with us everywhere. What are we doing with them? And why, why, why can't we capitalize on that opportunity more? 
one of the things that people one of the things people say is it's b to c and it's not b to b but I, I i can't believe that either because you know businesses are business people business people yeah, have yeah. children and go to the swimming pool just like i do yeah, yeah. so and, you know, and you can imagine andy walking out of a meeting uh, uh, with your mobile, you've met a couple of people and you're really interested in about knowing more about the person that you were on the meeting. You will take the name cards, you will scan them in, you will then take the name and you will Google the name and you will see what yeah. happens. You will do that through your mobile. I think it's a regard of the, the, the swimming thing is that we have a dawn of mass AC, hasty, uh, uh, <laughs> so, Parents and 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 uh, and then it brings me back to my first conference in Iceland in 2004, where I had a guy called Michael Holland speaking from Microsoft, and I think he was one of the creators of MSN Messenger. And he said that the 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 noise around us, so he he had become a futurist, he had sold Microsoft MSN or something like that, and then he, he was slowly earning his way out, and then he became a futurist, and he said he predicted that. But the noise around us through mobile, through uh, uh, the internet would rise to a certain level until we've had enough. And then we would literally just close off. So we would go to extremes. And you are experiencing that when you go to the swimming pool with your kids, and everybody's doing something on the phone. So there's so much noise that, that it, it becomes uh, kind of like a mass uh, numbness. So people are, are numb to the surroundings, yeah. so they look yeah. up and they smile a little bit, just like and wave, and then they go directly to the phone. Uh, we, I think we will reach some like heights of this, and then that will, then we will realize the stupidness of it and try to find the normalization. And ties back to the, to what we were talking about about the Cameron and his ideas about censoring the internet. We haven't reached the point where we actually have been able to put our arms around this thing called the internet really understand this, what it's all about and actually create something which is meaningful out of it. It's still kind of a, like a piece that is leaking here and there and going all over the place. Okay, well, that, that sounds like a relatively profound thought to, f- to finish on tonight, Christian, as we're running out of time now. But I'm going, to, I'm going to add one more thing in there just to wrap it up. Responsive design, you touched on it earlier. I mean, that is just a fabulous technology in HTML5. I love that. I think responsive design is something that we can all do a lot more with. And, uh, you know, the, the, it avoids the issues with duplication of mobile content linking up what we were also talking about earlier. So let's yeah. all get responsive with our mobile SEO in the future. And uh, in the future, we'll uh, welcome Mikkel back with uh, open yeah. arms. And uh, we hope he will have will be proud of the effort that the, the kids <laughs> did whilst he was away and that he has a great time in Iceland. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Come back next week. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.